What is your fear today? God says, fear not. If you are his child, you are his child, fear not. Wherever you are, just lift up your heart to the Lord. Let his peace come on you. Let his love embrace you. Let his presence envelope you. the spirit of fear leave you now in the name of Jesus let the spirit of peace the shalom of God come upon you Lord we thank you our peace will receive you Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And you may be seated or relaxed wherever you are. We learned last week in Light in the Dark, part one. Our topic last week was all alone. And we said we should not fear because God is always with us. We said that life's journey is one of courage. We said any time we begin to say, oh, I'm all alone, I'm the only one left. We are in a dangerous, unhealthy place. And we talked about isolation. That isolation may not necessarily be, it's not only physical, but it can be very, very emotional. Today I want to go to Light in the Dark, part two. And it's good news for us today because I want us to prepare for recovery. Prepare for recovery. We read Genesis chapter eight this morning from verse one through 15. We see Noah, his wife, his daughters, their husbands, in the ark with lots of animals. How did they end up in the ark? In Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. God wanted to execute judgment against an unrighteous generation, but he separated the righteous from them. He took the righteous and put them in the ark. We've said over and over again during the course of this pandemic, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God in his mercy has preserved us. It has been a time of great darkness. But light is already shining. And it will continue to shine brighter and brighter until our new morning breaks very soon. 
If you think that having had to shelter in for this many months is something new, I want you to go back to your Bible. Noah and his family were in that ark for close to one year. I think we've been in our ark now for about nine months, ten months since March. If we are going to match the record of Noah, we have two more months to go. But I pray that um, things will ease up very quickly. Recovery is on the way. However, we must be prepared. We must be prepared. One of the good things that is going on right now for us in the Redeemed Christian Church of God is that we are also in a season of fasting and prayer, which is good for us because it's a time of spiritual preparation for what God is about to do. We have gone through so much. Many of us have been seriously overwhelmed. Overwhelmed by our fears, overwhelmed by um, things that are going on around us, maybe things going on in our homes, uh, things going on with our finances, things going on with our jobs. Some of us have continued to work, and we have had to go to work, and we have had to go to work with fear not knowing what we will encounter at work. And for some of us, we have been afraid about how long our jobs will last. I talked about all that last week, so I won't waste too much of your time. So for many people, there has been a sense of just being overwhelmed. It's a crushing feeling. I remember many years ago when I was doing my, um, um, I was doing my LLM, I was, I was doing it, in, um, in Wilmington, Delaware, in the Widener School of Law. I lived in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. I was working in Center City, Philadelphia. Now, can you imagine um, the various distances I had to travel to school, to my full-time employment, and home? And it was, for me, it was full-time school. I mean, I, took, I, I did it full-time. I did it in one year. The, the, the pressure of it nearly killed me. I'm talking practically. But I'm the kind of person that if I start to do something, I, if I don't continue and do it quickly, I get bored and I, might, I stand the danger of just abandoning it on the way. So I, I'm not the kind of person that can do a, a course for a long time. I can't. I will so I knew myself. And, every, and I had... People in my class who were, um, who were full-timers, but who had decided that they were going to um, do the, the, the same um, course in, uh, in about um, 15, 24 months. But I just wanted to get it done. So sometimes I would be coming back from school 10 o'clock at night. And um, there was a particular day, I, because I was tired. I would go to work full-time, and my job needed me to travel around the city and, you know. Um. So I was coming back from school that day, class finished at 10. I was tired. 
I think I might also have been very hungry. As I hit 95, and I got to that part of 95 where you can no longer exit, I ran into traffic all the way. You couldn't pull back, you were already on the highway. I was stuck in that traffic for about two hours. At a point, I became so overwhelmed, I burst into tears. I sobbed like a baby. I was tired. I was overwhelmed. At that point, I felt like quitting the course I was doing. I said to myself, how long am I, go how, how long am I going to be able to endure this for? Now remember, I, was also, um, I also had children that I had to take care of. I would still get home and do whatever, um, homework and all the rest of it. Now, I'm telling you this to let you know that if you are overwhelmed, it's nothing new. I'm here standing, um, I'm talking of, that was 98. Uh, what year are we in now? That's about, um, do the math for me, somebody, 22 years ago. I'm standing. I am here standing. Here I am telling you the story. At that point in time, if, I, I couldn't imagine getting out of my situation, even getting out of 95 that day. <laughs> I, it was like it was, I was going to be on that highway forever. And if I'm telling you the story now, you can imagine how, how, um, how, how much, how emotional I was, how distraught I was on that day. Because I'm telling you the story as if it just happened yesterday. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed, but we are getting ready for a recovery. And we must get ready properly. As I said, we are not the first people to be shut up or sheltered in for a long period of time. It happened in the day of Noah. And when it was, and remember in the days of Noah, it only rained for 40 days. The rain was only for 40 days. But the flood water was so much that it took nearly a year for it to subside. Can you imagine? Every day they will go and check at the window, and all they will see around them was water for months. For months. And then one day, they saw the head of a plant. But it took them months to get there. Also knowing that all they left behind, their friends, their relations that were left, realizing that all of them have perished in the flood. We never think of that. So while inside the ark, being preserved by God, they were also undergoing trauma. They were going through trauma. Because to see that flood water outside, they knew that their friends, their relations, their neighbors had all perished already, even though they were saved. And it's the same for us as we come out of where we are today. We have lost friends, we have lost relations, we have, we have lost so much. 
we have to begin to make up our mind that as God is giving us another opportunity, that we would not miss it this time as individuals, as families, as nations. Violations of principles always lead to system breaks. Every time there's a violation of principle, systems will break. Whatever system, whether they are social systems, whether they are political systems, whether they are, you know, uh, they are spiritual systems, whether they are, whether they are mechanical systems, you people who are engineers would, would understand. Anytime you violate principles, there will be a system breakdown. If you do not handle the, your car, I know of, a, of somebody many years ago just bought a car, didn't know that they had to take it for regular servicing. They just kept driving it, getting every morning, drive and drive and drive. The only thing they knew to do was to put in the gas. Of course, what do you think happened to that vehicle? One day they got in, the engine knocked. Violation of principle will lead to system breakdown. Genesis 6 verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil. All the time, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. God was fed up with the human race. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to wipe them off. Because they violated his principles. They are spiritual principles by which we must walk. The principles of holiness, of righteousness. These people were wicked. They violated God's principles. They violated his laws. And God said, I will wipe them off. Today, we see the various diseases and viruses ravaging the world because of our departure from the, from the principles of the living God. There are things that we should not be eating that we have been eating. We are told, but we are still waiting to confirm, that the, the, um, the, the virus came from animals, from wild animals, from people eating exotic animals. So what do we do? So there are health principles that we must be careful not to violate. How we eat. We have to be careful about how we live our lives so that our life systems do not break down. When the waters finally ebbed and Noah and his family stepped out of the ark, they stepped out to, into a world that was eerily quiet, devoid of other human beings and with very few animals. This wasn't the world that they left behind. We must get ready for a changed world when things finally open up. It's not going to be business as usual. Things will change, and that's why we need to prepare. They had, 
as I said earlier, lost friends, lost, um, lost neighbors, when they came out, it must have felt really strange that they were the only ones there. Nobody else. Believe me, when you go back to work, when you go back out, when you go back socializing, when you go back visiting with family, when you go back traveling, it's going to feel a lot different. I know some of us are already doing that, but I'm talking about when the whole world goes back, when all of us are finally able to do that. We are going back to a changed world and we have to be prepared. I don't think Noah was prepared for the new world he was exposed to. Because in Genesis 9 verse 20, we, told, we are told that Noah began to be a man of the soil after he came out from the ark, after the flood. And he planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. He, became, he began to drink. He began to drink. He must have been a very lonely man. Well, he had his wife, he had his children. What happened to the boys' nights out? What happened to his, all his sporting events? All the things that men enjoy doing together. He came out from that ark with his life, but something had happened to his mind. We must get ready. We must get ready. Because as we step out, we will get into situations that are very different from what we have been familiar with. And though we may find the changes challenging, we have to still go with confidence because, so that we can have a successful recovery. There will be many changes. Change is difficult, but for the prepared, it will be a stepping stone. Change is difficult, and there will be changes. But for those who are prepared, those changes, those difficult changes will be a stepping stone. Because Philippians 4.13 tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We must not allow all the things that we used to be familiar with to clutter our mind and shut us down, preventing us from being able to move forward. In Nehemiah 4 verse 10, the children of Israel were trying to build a wall in Jerusalem. The, then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired. There is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. There was so much rubble to move. There will be so much Things that, so many things we will need to move. So many things we will need to change. And it may, be, it may appear burdensome for us. But when that time comes, I want us to understand that if we allow ourselves to be discouraged, we will not be able to build the wall. The children of Israel said, the workers are getting tired. There is too much to be moved. Too much stuff may distract and delay us. By God's grace, 
we will not be delayed. We've already experienced enough delay. And we will not be distracted by the amount of things that we need to move around in our life. And as I go on, I will be more specific. Over, feel, feeling overwhelmed, it happens to the best of us. And when we are overwhelmed, there's the possibility that we get depressed. Depression is caused by overload. It could be overload of so many different things. Our fast-paced world makes us especially susceptible to overload. We are overworked. Many of us are overworked. Many have financial difficulties. There are so, there are so much health issues out there, so many health issues, whether for ourselves, whether for family, whether for somebody we love. All of these things overwhelm us. What about information? Too much information. Too many choices. Too many news channels. It can be overwhelming. The amount of information that we receive every day. Just turn on your phone and the amount of messages that have streamed in. Many of them conflicting. Many, some of them don't even make sense. Everybody is forwarding one thing or the other. Few people are checking to see whether it's true. And because of the weight of the information, some people have now believed a lie. Some people are in an, in an alternate reality. We have to be careful. So many conspiracy theories out there, they've always been there. But today, because of social media, they are right there in our face, and so many more people have joined the bandwagon. Too many choices. You go grocery shopping. So many things to choose from. All you want is maybe a Coke. Now they have diet Coke, cherry Coke, lemon Coke. Life is so complicated now. Too many things to choose from. I remember when I used to have only one pair of shoes. My life was simple. Open my closet, pick my shoe, I'm out. As we were led in prayer this morning, there was a time maybe we didn't have anything in our account. Now we have a couple thousands in our account. When you have two shoes, you have two problems. When you have ten, you have ten problems. By the time you have a hundred shoes, you have a thousand problems. Too many choices. As we prepare to go back into recovery, we must begin to simplify our life. Simple lifestyle. Follow God's choice. Eat simple meals. Natural meals. Natural drinks. Fresh Vegetables, 
fruits, processed food, save your health, save your life. Go natural. We want to simplify. How much information do you expose yourself to? You want to be careful about the information that you are receiving. Remember, propaganda is used by authoritarian regimes. It's a serious satanic weapon that the devil uses to attack our minds, bringing fear and subjecting us to people who have authoritative tendencies. Check out all the authoritarian regimes all over the world. Propaganda is a big weapon. Russia, uh, Cuba. I remember many years ago when I visited Cuba, you turn on the TV. Propaganda told us that Cuba was the best place on earth. And every other nation, they would go and pick out the worst places, the violent places, and show people killing each other. And so, the people would be convinced that this was the best place to be. And the best place to be was the place of bondage and place of fear. So you have to be careful about the kind of information you open yourself out to because the information can be used to manipulate you. Get rid of information overload. Number two, emotional overload. We are looking at simplifying. We are consumed by our feelings, our needs, and many of us have succumbed to all kinds of fantasies. We have feelings of inadequacy, feelings of rejection, isolation. We dealt with all that last week. This has led to depression. Some have even gone into an alternate reality. We have to be careful about our emotions because if we don't get a hold on them, and we go into an emotional overload, we will have trouble. Depression is on the way. Many of us, because we are hurt, we don't know how to handle that hurt. Hurt is meant to help us mature. It's meant to transform us. If we don't deal with our hurts, if we don't deal with our bitterness, if we don't deal with our pain, we will transfer that hurt to other people. It's commonly said that hurt people hurt others. So if you are hurt, deal with that hurt. Let the Lord comfort you. Let the Lord speak peace to you. Give it to Jesus. He said, cast all your burdens on me because I care for you. If somebody hurts you, did God hurt you? Go to God and let him comfort you. You say it's, it's easier said than done. You will have to make yourself do that. And when you step out to hand it over to the Lord, he's going to meet you. You only need to take a step. He will take the rest of the steps to bring you to himself. I've been there before. I know what it means to be hurt. But I also know what it means to hand it over to God. Many years ago, I went through some things and the Lord said, hey, don't even say a word. Don't. I will cry. I've told you several times. I will sit on the floor. I, whenever I really want to cry, I sit on the floor in my bathroom and I will cry. And he said, you must not say a word. 
I learned to hand my heart to the Lord, and he brought me comfort. If somebody has hurt you, please hand it over to God. Financial overload. Many of us are drowning in debt. Some of us don't have enough for our basic needs. We, are, we have loaded up with so much debt. I'm believing God that you will come out of that. Simplify. Simplify. Don't buy the car because you have enough money to buy it. Don't buy the biggest home because that is what you qualified for. Simplify so that you do not go into financial overload. Because if anything happens, you'll come crashing down and then depression comes. We are getting ready for recovery, so our lifestyle must change. As we step out, learn to simplify. If we have not learned any lesson from this virus pandemic, we should have learned that you cannot guarantee tomorrow. Anything can happen. So as we step out, let's begin to cut our cloth, our, our coat, not according to our cloth, but according to what we want to reserve. There must be a reserve somewhere at all times going forward. Relational. We must cut down on our relationship overload. Too many friends is not the best for you. Many of us have a lot of friends. Wide circle of friends. Very little depth in our relationship with them. Very superficial relationships. It's better for you to have a few friends and have a deep relationship. Get out of relational, relationship overload. Everybody is your friend. You have 100,000 followers. No depth, no roots. Yesterday we were on a Zoom call with about... Um, Nearly 40 of my classmates from um, uh, middle school. Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the day we all first started middle school together. So we had a Zoom call from all over the world. And we, were, and we began to think of all the things that the Lord had done for us. We began to share the blessings of the Lord together. 50 years of friendship, death, and many of us said, most of the friends that we have are on this call. Most of the friends that we have are on this call. 50 years of friendship. Build relationships that stand. Don't look for wide superficial, no-substance relationships, likes on all the social media. Chemical overload. Our food processed. All kinds of medications that we are on. All kinds of supplements, the number of supplements that we are swallowing. The number of health drinks that we are taking. We have to be careful. 
And all these chemicals are affecting us. The chemicals we use in our homes for cleaning, for washing, for, for our gardens. Chemicals everywhere. As we get ready for recovery, let's limit the amount of chemicals that we have exposure to. Biological. Because of our biological makeup, some of us are prone to certain things. Our DNA, our genes, our... You have to understand your body. When you understand your body, you will know how to manage your body and you will know how to ask God for a miracle. A few, uh, a few um, months ago, I was just having aches and pains. I was wondering what was going on. And the Holy Spirit dropped in my mind, detoxify. Detoxify. Yeah, detoxify. I thought to myself, no, he dropped in my mind, inflammation. Inflammation? And then he said, detoxify. So I went and checked what inflammation means. And you will not believe all I had to do was go on a vegetable um, uh, fast for about a week. No processed food, nothing. And as I did that, all the aches and pains disappeared. Biological, we need to understand our bodies. And we need to take care of our bodies. And as we open up to the Holy Spirit, he will lead us, he will guide us, he will direct us, he will teach us. Work overload. Many of us do not rest. Well, we have rested a bit during this pandemic for some people. Some people have had to be working 24-7, the people in the medical profession. But as we begin to recover, everybody must begin to schedule rest into their uh, program. Your vacations, your rest time. There's a reason why God gave us the Sabbath. Somebody said... How have the Jews kept the Sabbath? Because up till today, the Jews keep their Sabbath. And another person answered and said, it's not the Jews that have kept the Sabbath, but the Sabbath has kept the Jews. I hope you got that. It's not the Jews that are keeping the Sabbath, but because the Jews are, the, are, are keeping the Sabbath, because the Jews are keeping the Sabbath, they have been kept. When you rest properly, when you give your body a Sabbath every week, your body will be able to rejuvenate. Greater immunity. Depression will be reduced. Because when you go to sleep, your body is able to heal. Your mind is able to rest. When you do the things that you enjoy on a regular basis, when you really shut down and rest, Let's factor that as we go back. We are talking about overload. And finally, I want to look at the overload of our appetites. Appetites. Uncontrollable appetites. It destroys And today we have 
uncontrollable appetites. Anything that makes us feel good, we do. Anyhow, we drink, we eat anyhow, we sleep with anybody, we sleep with anybody at any time, anywhere. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 10. Solomon said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. Anything I wanted, I did. At the end of it, he said, vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. In fact, there's something interesting that I saw. I think it's Ecclesiastes 2 verse 3, where Solomon said that he experimented with alcohol. <laughs> I said, wow. This man with all his wisdom, he said, yes. I took wine to make me feel happy. Another translation says, I took wine to stimulate me. Interesting. Ecclesiastes 2, I think it's verse 3, yeah. I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine. So, using hard drugs socially is nothing new. If Solomon, anointed of God, could fall into the snare of alcohol, he said, I just used it to, to make me feel good, to stimulate me. The same way many people go into hard drugs because somebody says, it will make you feel good. We have to control our appetites. It's not everything that makes us feel good that is good for us. I hope you are taking notes. Today is not a shouting day. And I told you it's a lot of material. We are looking for the exotic. Exotic food, exotic pleasure, exotic sex. All these bring their demons in tow. That is why many people are under satanic bondage. We are experimenting with too many things. Life is no longer simple. There was a time there is a man and there is a woman. He, she, um, girl, boy, marriage, a man and a woman. Now there are so many choices. You can be a he, you can be a she, you can be a she, he, you can be a he, she, you can be a they, you can be a them, you can be anything. Too many choices. We have complicated our lives. We are looking at marriage relationships. Used to be a man and a woman. Now we have heard about people co-parenting. Three people in the family. A father, a mother, and another person or another person. It has become so complicated. God did not create us to 
These things are too much for our mind to process. That's why people's minds are, are, are cracking up. Too much choice. Too much complication. Too many problems. Our life is supposed to be simple. God wants our life to be simple. Let's decongest. Amen? Let's get rid of all these complications and live a simple, simple, simple lifestyle. Simple lifestyle. Ah, recovery time. As we step into that time of recovery, it needs creativity, it needs innovation, it needs the production of something better. Isaiah 43 verse 19, the Lord says, I want to do a new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. It will spring forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Believe me, God can help us to simplify our lives. Let's get rid of all these overloads and go back to basics. Go back to the word of God. It's simple. He created Adam, he created Eve. He put them in the garden of Eden. He told them, tend the garden. Eat from the garden. He told them what to eat. This food is good, that food is not good. It's not everything that looks good that we need to put in our mouth. Except ice cream. And apple pie. Recovery time. We are stepping into a time of recovery. A time when God wants to show, wants us to be his showpiece to the world. A showpiece of the power of God, not just for, for restoration, but for transformation. God does not just want to restore. He wants us to be agents of transformation. We are the light of the world. We are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. As we begin to get ready, God wants us to search ourselves. He wants us to search ourselves. All I have said to us today is not to bring us under condemnation, but it is to bring us to conviction so that we can repent and begin to work with God for recovery. Psalm 139, 23 and 24, Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We have to make ourselves vulnerable, open ourselves to God because he already sees us anyway. There's nothing we can hide from him. Ask him, search my heart. Is there anything I'm doing wrong? Jesus is not about condemning us, but rather that we should come under conviction and repent. We must search and confront our sin. We should stop leading lives of carnality, lives as carnal Christians. Another word for carnal Christian is indiscipline and immaturity. Many of us are living, we want to do what we want, how we want, when we want. 
Reminds me of little children when you take them to the grocery store. Have you seen parents pulling their children away from the candy stand? They will pack the candy, put it, and the parents will be trying to take it from you. don't need all that candy. You, we have candy at home, and the child will just be, you know, crying and throwing tantrums. Or you take them out to the store. They are grabbing the toys from the shelf, and they say, I'm going home with this. And the parents say, you have more than enough at home. That's how we behave as Christians. That's how we behave. God is telling us, no, no, stop it. And we said, no, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. He's saying, keep quiet. You've said enough. No, we won't, we won't hold our tongue. We have to say our peace. We have to give that person a piece of our mind. You can't hold your tongue. You want to retort. You won't forgive people who hurt you. You are wounded. God says, pray for your enemies. Don't pay back evil for evil. Somebody did you bad, so you have to do them bad as well. That is demonic. God says that we should pray for our enemies. That is being a Christian. God says, don't only be kind to those who are kind to you. Don't be good to only those who are good to you. Being good to people who are good to us is human. But when we are good to people who are bad to us, then we are true Christians. Stop complaining and, be, and, and stop being always demanding. Stop compromising. Stop making excuses for the things that you are doing wrong. Just go to God and say, help me, Lord. I know sometimes somebody offended me and I, I found it difficult to forgive. And God will not let me go. He said, you have to forgive. And one day I just fell before him. I was just weeping. I said, Lord, I, I want to strangle this person. That's what I want to do. I want to pay them back the way they, 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 they treated me. But I said, but because I love you, Lord. I love you. And I want to be obedient. That is all I needed to say. And God helped me. God took away the pain, took away the hurt. It didn't mean anything to me anymore. True Christianity is not making any excuse. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, you stop what you are doing immediately and you confess. That is true Christianity. Let's stop being Christians in diapers who want to do, we, want, we throw tantrums when we don't get our way. Expose every demon in your life and chase them out. Shine God's light on every sin in your life. Don't give excuses, don't justify the things that you are doing wrong. Check them out, tell them, vamos. Tell them, vanish. Tell them, bye, I'm not having any part of you anymore. Show them the door. Tell them, here is the door, get out of my life. Selfishness, get anger, lying, stealing, immorality, get out of my life. Check them out, bang the door, lock the door against them. 
when you allow God's light to shine on you, sin will be banished from your life. And the power to live a holy life will come. And you can do it. Stop saying every time I see her, I, because I melt like wax in, <laughs> in the heat. You see a human being, you are melting. Butterflies in your stomach. It's a ordinary human being. Check them out. Don't let anybody lead you into sin anymore. As we get ready for recovery, have a support system. Amen? Have a, support, have a community around you. I talked about this last week. I'm saying it again. Have a support system around you. Have a community around you. Have some go-to people around you. Good Christian folks who will carry you, who will help you, who will support you, who will tell you the truth as it is, who will pray for you when you are going through a difficult time, who will pray for you when you are being tempted and you are about to fall into that temptation. People who will love you with God's love. When Noah came out of that ark, there was no support system around him. He started to drink. God wants us to create a community around ourselves. And that is why he has given us the local churches. Because in the local churches, we are family. Your online church is good. You are watching me online now. But make sure you plug into a local church community where people can watch over you and people can support you. Light is going to shine through the dark very soon. Full recovery is on the way. All the things that have depressed us and held us captive and put us in bondage, if we walk with God in this next few weeks, the God of heaven will lift the depression away from us. Heal us totally, completely, and get us ready to face the new world that has changed so much. He will get us ready to face it with boldness, with confidence. We will walk into it with victory. We will walk into it with confidence. We will walk into it as bright lights shining. We will walk into it, carrying other people with us, bringing them into the light of God. We will be that city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Wherever you are, I know God has said something to you today. I want you to take time to bow down your head. I don't know what area of today's message was for you, but I know that part of it was for you. I want you to talk to the Lord. I said to us, 
Don't hide. Don't make excuses. Don't justify yourself. Don't rationalize why you are doing what you are doing. Rather, repent. Repent. Tell the Lord about it. When you repent, he will give you the strength to get out of that sin that is holding you captive. Too many choices. Too many choices. Get out of them. There's a way that seemeth right to a man. The Bible says, but the end of it is destruction. Many ways you could walk, but they lead to destruction. But there's one way. The way of righteousness and truth through Christ Jesus. That way will take you to eternal life. You're under the sound of my voice. You want to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Just go ahead and confess your sins to the Lord. Tell him, Lord Jesus, I want to become yours completely and totally today. I want to surrender my life. And there's another set of people I want to pray with today. You are a Christian. You've given your life to Jesus. You know what it means to be born again. But you've been a carnal Christian. Do what you like, how you like. You have not been living that life of sacrificial obedience to God. You have been like that little child in the grocery store. Throwing tantrums. Not disciplined. Not taking time to mature. You want to turn around your life today. Enough is enough. You can't be a child forever. No, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to take those difficult steps. To forgive your enemies. To love them. To confront your fears, to confront your sins, to confront your addictions, to confront your immoralities. It's time. Wherever you are, God is right there with you. The love of Jesus is right there with you. All you, you need to say is, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. All you need to say is, Lord, from this moment, I will be completely obedient to you. I'm tired of behaving like a child. He's there. He's there. Right there with you, ready to accept you, ready to strengthen you, ready to help you live that holy, godly, matured Christian life. Ready if you are ready. Wherever you are. For those who are giving their lives to Jesus, you've never given your life to Jesus, or you did and you backslided and you want to return back to him, I want to pray for you. Go ahead, wherever you are, and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made some bad choices. Please forgive me. From this moment, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to become a child of God. We sang a song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. 
I want to become a child of God so I will be free from fear. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. I surrender my life to you. I invite you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. And you pray in that prayer. I want to pray for you now. Lord, I pray for as many as are giving their lives to you. As many as are saying, I want Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray you will forgive their sins. Whatever those sins may be, please wash away those sins. Sins of lies, of cheating, of immorality, of greed, of covetousness, of murder, of hate. Lord, please forgive those sins. As they invite you into their hearts, Lord, please become their Lord and Savior. Write their name in the book of life. Give them your peace and your joy and the power to live a holy life. Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer, there's a number on your screen. I want you to text SAVE or SALVATION to it. Somebody will call you to pray with you. And for all those, maybe you, you are a Christian. You, you've been born again. But you are not showing the fruit of a transformed life. You gossip, you fight, you, you bear malice, you don't forgive, you have anger, you are living a righteous life. You are not praying, you are not studying the word, you are not spending time with God, you are not growing, you are not maturing. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Wherever you are, if you will just look to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. The Lord paid a price for you. The price of his blood, he paid it for you. Would you despise the blood of Jesus and go back to the things that he died for to rescue you from? You say, oh, I, I really want to live a holy life, but I can't. Are you saying that God does not have the power to help you live a holy life? Are you saying the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to deliver you from your sin? If you want to pray right now, I want to pray with you. I know some people are under the bondage of all kinds of addiction, pornographic addiction. Some people are in lifestyles that God says that this is an abomination to me. And you say, I don't know how to get out of it. I want to pray for you. I want to break the power of the devil over your life right now. I want you to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I want to, I want to begin to lead a righteous life from now. You have the power to deliver me from every unholy lifestyle. From every unholy relationship. If you pray that prayer, I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Who is saying, Lord, I want to forgive. I don't want to be bitter. 
want to live a holy lifestyle. I want to stop cheating. I, I want to stop drinking. I want to stop smoking. I want to stop doing drugs. I want to stop this pornography that is destroying my life. I want to get out of this unholy relationship, unclean, abominable relationship. I really want to. I'm trying, but I can't. I pray for every such person now in the name of Jesus. I break the power of sin over your life. The yoke of bondage that the devil is using to op oppress you and to, and to keep you in bondage. I break the power of the devil over your life. Satan, I rebuke you. I rescue this one from your hand. The blood has been shed over this soul. You've already collected payment, Satan. Take your filthy hands off right now. Every unclean spirit under the sound of my voice. Get out in Jesus' name. Every sickness, every disease of the mind. Brought on by evil powers. I break your power right now. I come against the spirit of schizophrenia. You foul spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus. Let's go of that person right now. Every unclean spirit under the sound of my voice. Your time is up now. In Jesus' name, leave. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Lord, let that blood bring a cleansing and a restoration now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, miracle walker. Thank you, promise keeper. Thank you, mighty deliverer. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. The word is already working in you. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more messages and information about the church, please visit us at www.rccglivingspring.org.